This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound, brought to you with thanks to Mint Finance. It's business loans made easy. New Zealand Music Month continues without signs of abating. It's a good thing too, as today's guest is The Snake Behaviour. The beginnings of the band were in Nelson, but after some time spent on the Christchurch Youth Circuit, the snake behaviour we know and love today emerged onto the scene. Comprised of Chris Bull on vocals, Samuel Keane on drums, Sam Gruber on bass and Michael Gibbs on guitar, they've just released their debut album, Serpent Psychology, and they'll be launching it tonight at the Dark Room in Christchurch. I caught up with Chris and Samuel to find out what makes the snake behaviour tick and how long they can keep putting on their high-energy shows. Chris, I want to start off with you. Uh, I want to talk about musical memories and, and growing up. When's the first time music entered your consciousness or your, your ear canals, as it were? <laughs> I think in my Nelson home lounge as about an eight-year-old, as I started fossicking through mum and dad's records, vinyls, and Dad was a nerd, Mum was a hippie, so there was a eclectic collection of Cat Stevens and Kamal, and then there was Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. And which of those did you lean to? <laughs> Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd, not Kamal. But no, not Kamal. But I will say I do have a soft spot for Cat Stevens. I, I, and there is, I think, you'll hear in the music and anything I've written previous to this lineup is very poppy, and I think that's where it comes from. Well, there's a pop aspect to it, in, in a hook, if that makes sense. So were there any sort of events that you got taken off to? You say your, your mum was a hippie. Was there any sort of like music stuff going on <laughs> so in the Nelson region I, around there? I think she was a former hippie, but then I think her days were over <laughs> from that point of view. But we also had a batch over in Golden Bay, and there'd be forever um, the old the gathering was up there so we'd always go past it and mum would be like back in my day and you know okay cool you know and um, I remember me and my brother and sister got to choose one cassette that was in the car on the way over or back to listen to and uh, mine was either Cat Stevens or by then the Wallflowers was out so it was Wallflowers or yourself someone like you as well by Matchbox 20 um, and my sister was always bloody Alanis Morissette <laughs> I have to say there's nothing wrong with Alana. No, oh, Jagged great. Little Pill is a is an amazing album. That's what it was, thankfully. Um, but it was bloody Alanis Morissette when it's a thousand times over and it's on repeat and she falls asleep and Dad doesn't know how to change the damn thing. And all you need is a knife at that and point, really. a knife, you know. Mm. Samuel, um, uh, where did you grow up? Uh, so born and raised here in Christchurch. Um, so, um, yeah. Homeboy in that sense. And um, what about the music at home growing up? Well, basically I was raised on, yeah, Pink Floyd, uh, Led Zeppelin, Queen, Black Sabbath, and Aussie's solo uh, music as well. All of that kind of classic hard rock, metal. And then mum was really into ABBA and stuff like that as well. So there's, there's always been a mixture anyway. Like, so you leaned more towards where your father oh, was? Oh, I definitely leaned way more towards that. <laughs> so was there encouragement to uh, play musical instruments in the house? There was, like, um, my grandparents had kind of delved into that in the youth. Um, I was actually the one that kind of initiated interest in the sense that I, I can't even remember how it happened, but when I was about 10, guitar kind of jumped out at me. 
And I played for about a month and gave up because I was just a 10-year-old who wanted to play around outside and everything too. Um, but then music completely took over my life when I was 14. And I haven't looked back since. Um, now you're the you're the drummer of the band. Yes. So so was it guitar up until a certain point, or w- when did the drums take over? Basically, like I had I had a, a band myself in high school um, that we broke up in 2014. Um, so Chris here poached me. Um, drums was something I learnt uh, in 2008, self-taught, just kind of as something to do at school in my final year because <laughs> I had, I had some time to kill and thought it'd be cool. And then, uh, yeah, I never thought I'd ever play drums in a band. And mm. yet here I am <laughs> almost seven years later. <laughs> and obviously you've got those very famous guitarist drummers such as Dave Grohl. Exactly. Is a, is my, it? uh, my wonderful bandmates called me the reverse Dave Grohl, which is a name I'll take. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's good company. So, uh, Chris, what did you see in, in, in Samuel as far as a, um, as a band member? Well, initially, we needed a drummer. <laughs> we'd booked a show, and I think we'd booked it, and at that time, our fill-in drummer had gone overseas pre-booking the show and it actually being played, if that makes sense. So, and we were like, oh, crap, we need someone. Um, and he was in a band with another friend of mine, uh, or ours, mutual friend. Um, and we just called him up and we're like, Hey, do you know any of our songs? He's like, no. We're like, do you know how to play drums? Not really. We're like, perfect. You're in. So (laughs) so that's quite a risk to take when you've got a show. It was hilarious. But back then, I think (laughs) that's what we were more about. And that was our shtick is that Nirvana-y kind of. It, it, who cares? I, I always used to say, and excuse the French, edit that if you want to, but I always used to say if someone's walked off stage and goes, I don't know what the f*** that was, but it was amazing. That was our kind of attitude back then of like, you know, that was noisy and stuff. And so he played. It was a train wreck. but It was what, a beautiful train wreck. <laughs> it was a beautiful train wreck. <laughs> but to, to, to answer what you send him now, we have a lot of discussion about this now. And there are a lot of technical drummers around and there are we play every night or every gig with drummers that are incredible but they don't have what he has for me which is that kind of that to be honest the Dave Grohl the the long hair swinging the 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 power hitting you know the technique's not necessarily 100% the Tiger Woods of the drum scene that's damn it he he hits those hard (laughs) yeah he hits them real hard I want to take a real step back and talk about the fact that you're the the singer Mm. in the band Mm. um where did where did singing where did the vocalization (laughs) come from for you necessity um no it probably a bit like samuel i was in a high school band for a little bit and we were a creed red hot chili peppers cover hybrid (laughs) and all i could do was not really sing but i knew the words and i used to sing along to those songs that i mentioned in the car on the you know always sing along songs and that but my voice was never so much a choir voice and then when i founded the band we both sort of were singing but i couldn't play an instrument and the other dude could, so that was a natural thing. Uh, and I used to play a bit of guitar, didn't I? And, oh, yes. And sing as well. Back in the um, day. A bit of a very punky guitar. And then we sort of went from that to a shift in the songwriting as a band, how we work, and that allowed me the opportunity to just focus on the vocals, I think, and and vocals, and, um, sorry, and concentrate on, a, on the craft of being a front man as well, I think, more than... Than because it's singing, but there's singing and there's being the front 
person of the band. So let's look at the the history of the snake behaviour. Yeah. Um, I understand been around for about thirteen years now. More than that, sixteen, I think. Yeah. So tell so, me about the original incarnation okay. of it. So, uh, like I said, I alluded to it earlier. I'm actually from Nelson originally, um, then I moved down to here in 08. But we, me and a, a fellow called, called AJ. Uh, we're mates from high school and sort of a few youth projects and stuff after that, you know, um, and, and Nelson there and Nelson's that kind of place that if you're not a something, a builder or whatever, you kind of can fall through the cracks, right? So you, you don't have a job, you're working in your supermarket or something and there's nothing else to do. Um, and all my friends that did all the outdoor stuff that I liked had gone out of town, nothing else to do. So I kind of naturally went that way and hit a guitar. We liked to write songs that was the the cool thing to do at that time was to pretend you're in a band even though you weren't but me and him were like nah we had a chip on our shoulder and we were kind of like or a point to prove or something I don't know what it was young angst or something and we were like we got something to say and we're gonna say it and I don't care how crap it is we're gonna we're gonna do it and so I bought a cheap hundred dollar guitar from some music shop an electric I presume no an acoustic an acoustic so okay. our very first songs were actually translate to an acoustic guitar amazing they, um, they did that and that's where the uh, the Nirvana influence came through too um, and the real simple acoustic songs that could go to an electric guitar and then he played bass initially he was a bassist and then he moved to drums and we sort of shifted between bassist and for a while we had no bassist and another friend of mine came in and played guitar and then about 05, we took it seriously enough to actually start a gig. We used to play our friends' flats and stuff. This is still a, a Nelson? Yeah, still a Nelson, yeah, with a, with another friend who by then had joined to play guitar. Uh, and then in 08, I moved. I did a bit of a bad time with an ex-fiance and whatnot and moved down here. Um, and I went, actually, as we note, with her words ringing in my ear that the band would never be anything and you should just stop. And it's a failure. Uh, and so I moved down. It was actually late 07, but yeah, we'll call it 08. And we got on the YCP circuit. I don't know if you've heard of what that is. No, I it haven't. Was, it was like a um, a youth circuit for up-and-coming bands. We were kind of the older imposters by this time I was 25. <laughs> it's designed for Still 18. young in somebody's eyes, <laughs> I'm sure. A, you know, uh, still, um, I think it's designed for, what, like 17, 18-year-olds. Which but, is but, what I was doing yeah, at exactly. the time. But it works. <laughs> so, and, and we got onto that. And then me and AJ's relationship, busted up pretty badly um and it just became nothing for a long time um until really our mutual friend jason who is one of our brothers we're both very very close with him um sort of well, i'd met him from those early ycp shows and um we sort of I started hanging out and i kind of got the love back again of it and then i met our guitarist michael at new world actually um working with just you know, as part of our job, and I went up and said, hey, you play guitar to this shy dude who didn't say boo to a goose. He's like, yeah, I play guitar. He's like, well, do you want to play with me? Yeah, okay. So he came around, and a couple of jams later, and 10 years, that was 2009, 10 years later, he, he's still here. You know. So you guys are gigging, but it's obviously not, you know, paying all the bills. No. Uh, was there any other sort of courses, direction, Samuel? Did you want to go off and do anything else other than, you know, play music? Basically, like... When I was heading out to, like towards the end of school, I thought about studying music and I thought very seriously about it. But at the time of about to leave school, going into studying, I'd just joined a second band, which was with our mutual friend Jason. Him and I had just started something, so I had two bands going. 
and of course a job and all the usual stuff that goes on in life. I thought, hmm, what do I have to give up? Nah, not giving up the rock and roll dream. I'll just learn on the road kind of thing, like learn by playing. Um, so basically, as soon as music took over my life when I was like 14, I have not looked at anything else in this life. Mm. <laughs> music and art is just my obsession. <laughs> Chris, um, we were talking earlier about um, your your paying the bills, yep. working in a in an office job. How do you yeah. sort of balance the the rock and roll kind of persona and you know? I love it now because I think I alluded to before that AJ and I back in the day were full of angst, and the whole point, the name even of the band, is all about sticking it to the man and making it as difficult as possible and not being called snake behaviour, insisting that it's the snake behaviour just because we want it to be difficult and all of that. And now here I am, the antithesis of everything that I used to stand for, working in a in a um, corporate role and all that. But, but that comes with life. It's age. It's, it's maturity. Age, it's life. I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got a wife. I've got someone else that that needs me and needs me to pay bills. You know, but most importantly, mm. today, mm. you release your debut album. Yes, we do. Yep. Which yep. is exciting. So, yeah. I, I just want to take a step back first from that, though. Mm. Um, what are some of the sort of bands who have influenced the sound of uh, the snake behaviour? Nirvana uh -huh. mm. by Miles. <laughs> Alice in Chains would probably be a fairly big one for us these days. And I'd like merely say something mm. Miles Kennedy, Seether-ish, or that sort of sound, really, eh? I would probably, yeah. Like, Alter Bridge has That's influenced uh, myself and Michael quite a lot musically. Yeah. Um, that very heavy guitar with the big melodies and everything. And, I mean, it works brilliantly with what Chris does. He brings that punk element to it. So it's it's always just a nice melting pot. <laughs> Is there any track from any of those groups which you've mentioned that uh, we should play now? Nirvana. Yeah. You know you're right. You know you're right. What's the story behind that, that? So the story behind it is at that stage, Cobain was at the very end of his tether. Uh, it was recorded in January 1994. And uh, the the two other guys, Nova Selich and Grohl, had been at the studio for two days previous. And they just filled it with other stuff that actually ended up on the Foo Fighters, one of the Foo Fighters records. So there you go. It's but, the universe um, working in yeah, mysterious ways. Yeah. So they had three days and uh, Cobain walked in without explanation on the third day. And... Gave what sounds like his most desperate vocals. You can hear, you can you can hear it in his voice. You can hear the pain, the anger, the frustration, the something, and never walked into a studio again. And I, I he influenced me a lot. And I, as 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 depressing as that is, it's also kind of cool in a, in a sense. In that it was going to be, I, I like the idea that that was going to be a whole full album. And I like the idea that we will never know what that would have sounded like. And we can only speculate that by the sound of his performance on that that one track, that it was going to be something out of this world that, that, that even would have eclipsed Nevermind by Daylight. Yeah. 
Just want to mention the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber, which is coming to the Isaac Theatre Royal in June. Tickets are now selling for the Showbiz Christchurch production, featuring the vocal talents of many fine artists from Christchurch. Get your tickets now for what's going to be a great show. Just head along to showbiz.org and follow those links. This is the Garden of Sound interview with the Snake Behaviour on Plains FM 96.9. Guys, we were talking about some awesome bands before, Nirvana, talking about uh, Alice in Chains, a particular favourite of mine, and I'm not sitting in too much of an angry chair at the moment. But I want to talk about <laughs> gigs. Um, Samuel, what was the first big gig that you got along to that maybe you paid some money to Oh, uh, to well, see? if we're talking, I guess, first like big concert, right? Disturbed 2006 at the Town Hall in Christchurch. Blew my mind. I've been to concerts constantly every year since. Why, 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 why this concert? <laughs> um, well, I mean, being a, I was a, a 16-year-old angry metalhead kid. Um, it was perfect at the time. It was, I don't know, it was just raw. It was very angry. It was, I don't know, dark in some places, but it was just high energy as well. 
and it was i mean the mosh pit tends to be a, a big place for me these days so even now after all this time but live music for me is the holy grail it's the holy grail <laughs> chris what about you what was the first big gig that you got along to that you can remember i think probably 2002 i want to say big day out um and if not that, then Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, down at QE2 Stadium about the same time. And I remember my sister, I'd actually bought the tickets for my sister because she was obsessed with them and I bought them as a present. thought, you know, I'll go with you. She's only, I'm under 19, she's only 17, something like that. So we went along to that. It was either that or that big day out. And that big day out had Ramstein and it had The Strokes and it had all sorts of bands. It had Limp Bizkit actually there and uh, a bunch of other acts that were, you know, uh, that blew my mind because that was my first like holy crap this is real this isn't like concert in the park at Saxon Field and Nelson this is big time you know so yeah so tell me about the Christchurch music scene uh, at the moment um, obviously uh, I do a music show so I get a very different vibe but um, is it vibrant is it collaborative what's what's sort of happening are folks sort of coming along are they helping one another out it's it's a it's a brotherhood really it's electric, and, and, a, and a sisterhood and a sisterhood yeah yep. uh, but it's there's a lot of different beautiful vibrant acts and there's so many different styles and everybody's always out to support each other so many I mean I normally go to so many local gigs and there's always people from other bands there and it's obviously this evening you're you're playing a gig we certainly are yep. we are playing our album release show which is Serpent Psychology is our album <laughs> and uh, we're playing with the wonderful guys in Fall of Them our brothers and Temperamental and Sins of Eve I want to talk about sort of being on stage and stuff that's, uh, you talked about a train wreck earlier on as your first um, uh, <laughs> appearance on drums. I, it yes. can't have been that bad. Well, it was it was more a case of like, I've played drums, uh, prior to that I'd played, I'd played drums live once and that was with my old band, we played a cover and swapped. I go back yeah. to, that's a yeah. tremendous risk for yeah. you to take. Was it, uh, it utter, was, utter necessity, <laughs> That obviously. was our stick. Yeah. No. We were we, our, our, literally our thing was f the man, yeah. and, and and punk rock the the punk rock movement was was literally born out of an attitude of playing what you want, how you want, when you want, and if anyone else that, that judged it or cared about it. And how sustainable is that in terms? Punk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, I and, still remember that night. Yeah. It was absolutely hilarious. He just called me up out of the blue and said, "Hey." Like, do you want to play this? We've got this gig tonight. Do you want to come and play? And I was like, I don't know your songs. Like, and like, I know a bit of drums, but I've never played live kind of like properly as a drummer. And it's just like, oh, it'll be fine. It's like, okay. I'd seen them live once. My other band had played with them on New Year's Eve pre previous. And that was the only time I'd seen them. And I got up, I brought my stuff, set everything up, sat down, couldn't hear a thing the entire time we were playing. <laughs> All I could hear was just just a mesh of noise, and <laughs> I just smacked the drums for 30 minutes. And then this guy comes up to me at the end, and he's just like, hey, do you want to join the band? <laughs> I think that's what it was about, though. It was about having fun, and I had a message that I just wanted to portray probably more in the lyric than anything else. So I didn't really care as long as I was having fun and my lyrical message was getting out. I didn't care, whereas now one of the best things about having Samuel in the band is we've become that's the best thing you've done is shape us yeah. into a serious band. Okay, so we're looking back uh, to uh, maybe pre-2005 at mm. least. Um, mm. What advice are you going to give to a young 
Chris, sort of uh, getting into the music scene, is there anything that you'd change or do differently? I think for a start, put the time in more, learn it. You can't just pretend you're in a band, if, if that makes sense. You a- actually got to work at it. And, and not only work at it, you've got to have a persona, but there's no point having that chip on your shoulder persona. You've got to, you've actually got to be in this local scene anyway. You've got to be a good dude or a good chick. Like, you just do. And if you you walk around with that chip on your shoulder, people aren't going to give you, take a punt on you. And you're not taking it seriously. Your whole idea is sabotaging yourself to, you know, so it would just be to take it seriously and work harder, I think, and be more open to suggestions from the other band members, definitely. You've just segued nicely into the composition of the group. So Mm -hmm. obviously, Chris, you're on vocals. Is there any other instrumentation uh, on stage at at the stage? used to play a bit of guitar. Occasionally, I still do. Occasionally, Um, yeah. Very occasionally on stage. Um, uh, and that's it from me. Basically, now I just yell a lot. <laughs> Samuel, drums, drums, and backing vocals. Backing vocals, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, on the album, has there been anything else from from you? Um, basically, like in terms of instrumentation, uh, that was it. Drums and vocals, but I engineered and produced. Oh, that's fantastic. The album, yep. so. That's great. Yeah. Uh, we've got Michael yep. on guitar. Yeah, he's our guitarist. He's my quiet bulk foods assistant from New World. He's <laughs> uh, been with me 10 years and the most loyal dude you could ever ask for. Mm. Um, and in my mind, one of the best guitarists going around Christchurch. The, the boy comes out with some epic riffs. Yep. Amazing. Yep. And in addition to Samuel, we have Sam, yep. who, was, uh, who was on bass. Best choice we've ever made mm. as a band. How long has she been with you in the band? 24. 14? We were talking about uh, this yeah, last night. Yeah, we were talking about this last night at rehearsal. 2014? Yeah. Yep. yeah, 2014. So I think it's time for some more music. Uh, it's a somewhat difficult question that I ask folks. Let's pull from all of music and all of history and ask you to pick a favourite. <laughs> no pressure. Um, is there a favourite track you'd like to play right now? <laughs> I'm going to jump the gun and say, Queen, I want it all. Because Queen, man. Nice. <laughs> I want it all. I want it all. Light on his feet A young fighter 
Thanks for being with us today. I just want to thank Mint Finance for sponsoring the show. I just want to let you know they offer finance to businesses of all sizes through secured and unsecured loans, starting out at just five grand. That's on terms of up to five years. Obviously, T's and C's apply on all business lending. Now, the best part is Mint Finance is super easy to deal with, and they understand what you as a business owner need from a finance partner. If you've got a great idea and you need the finance to see it through to fruition, then get in touch with Mint Finance today. You can do that on 0800 666 That's 0800 666 Or you can visit their website. That's mintfinance.co.nz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with the Snake Behaviour on Plains FM 96.9. You guys, you've got your debut album dropping right now, right today. I want to talk about the production process of that. So uh, how and where was it recorded? Everything was done in uh, my home studio, Madhouse Studios. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What we tend to do is, uh, with the recording side of things, we'll have a bunch of demos. Um, I'll program some drums make it easier get the the tempo and everything ready to go and then we just layer over top so i'll start with the drums and then we get some bass guitar etc etc vocals um we spent a lot of time on this one um it was kind of over two periods of time the the biggest block was last year we spent a good well three four months tanking out the rest of the album because we recorded maybe four or five of the songs in 2017 um but the majority of it yeah was was done last year and um it's just been a matter of tweaking and we did lots of layering this time around so a bit more refined than our first release um remind me the name of the album serpent psychology serpent psychology (laughs) obviously that ties in with the the snake behavior um Tell me the story behind, you know, how the songs were, were written, or at least the lyrics or the, the meaning behind the, the album. So I think, first of all, one thing that we, we part of the name, reason we said it on that name was because it marks a marker in the sand from where, personally anyway, lyrically, I started writing, well, changed from writing inwardly to outwardly. So stopped Give writing Give me an about, example. So stopped writing about mental illness and the things that I'd been through. So my parents died as a young, young as it, when I was a kid, things like that. And stuck in Nelson, I said I had a hard time with the fiance, that sort of stuff. Um, writing about that into writing about things like Ragnarok, where um, it's about climate change, it's a warning to the world, uh, you know, and the, 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 that social aspect to it, that social conscience aspect. It marks the marker in the sand as well between a kind of the evolution of of that and kind of, where we were at one point and where we are and it's a nice marker in the sand to be like that was then everything we make from now on is now to my mind what you're talking about the the outward facing stuff seems a bit more punk Mm. than the than the the inward looking it is um we haven't talked at all about sort of punk influences Mm. um sort of any bands or any particular writers uh any movements that sort of have influenced you I have a lot. Well, well, interestingly, Public Image Limited, more than the Sex Pistols, is, is more my jam. Um, but a lot of it was from that. They're probably not punk, but it's the Nirvana aspect to it. That they 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 fit into a punk sound as well, and um, and so did it was ones like them and nineties skate punk bands, Pennywise and Lagwagon and bands like that. Um, that I kind of I tried to take take on that sort of 
burden of, of, of the hooky lyric, I guess, and the story behind it. But the actual social conscience part of it comes more, I think, just from my personality. Tell me about Christchurch in terms of what you're putting out or this this punk feeling. To me, Christchurch is a very conservative city. So are you respected in the music community? Is there a is there a place for you or are you are you tolerated? What's the what's the general feeling? It's interesting you have to yeah, ask the other actually. bands. Um yeah. no, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think we're sort of we've in a way we've shot ourselves in the foot. And in the same way, though, we've carved ourselves out quite a nice little niche. Um, and the reason I say that is that we cross so many genres. So there's a metal aspect to us as well. And there's a, a rock aspect. And there's actually quite a, a hooky pop punk aspect to us in, in some of our songs. Oh, yeah. And a corporate rock aspect. So mm. we fit on a lot of bills, which is good but bad. But I think the best example I can think of is when we are in Timaru. Uh, uh, and we played Timaru. there and um, it Timaru's was on a, on a metal show. Uh, you know, all metal acts. Mm. And uh, like a guy came up and he said, oh, what are you? And we said, we're a punk band. He goes, oh, oh no, you don't want punk bands. The end of it, he came up and he said, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And so I'm not afraid to say the message, oh, well, you're right, Christchurch is quite conservative. But I think musicians tend to not be anyway. Often, especially rock and metal musicians and punk musicians, they tend to be of a liberal point of view. Not always, but tend to be. So you can kind of say something. Everyone's saying something in their song anyway. So you're just saying it vocally and then you're talking about it in the song as well. I think it's time for some more music. Uh, I really want to hear um, I really want to hear Ragnarok, but I, I just want to sort of ask you, Samuel, uh, because you've worked on the production and the, uh, the, the engineering of the track, and when you've talked about um, a lot of the bands that have influenced you, which have uh, a lot of sort of technical brilliance and so on, yeah. is there a desire to take the band in more of a, in, in less... Of a punk direction? I think, like, the thing that I really thrive on myself, even, like, I, I say it to these guys all the time, I, I harp on about it constantly, is that the majority of my favourite bands, the bands I consider to be the ones that I truly hold dear, they're all so musically diverse, and they all are not afraid to do whatever the heck they want. So... I love the fact that we have a punk and a metal aspect. I love the fact that we can just go, hey, we've got a song, this is a little different, sweet, and we just play it, and we, we're not afraid, and I like that. So I think being a melting pot is the best way to go. This is Ragnarok, which you'll be able to hear live this evening at the Dark Room. This is Snake Behaviour.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with the Snake Behaviour on Plains FM 96.9. I want to look out to the future. Obviously, your album Serpent Psychology drops today, which is very exciting. But what about your one, three, five-year plan? What's on the horizon for the Snake Behaviour? We've been working quite tirelessly uh, lately on obviously the album and getting ready for that release. But um, we've actually been working on some new material finally. Uh, so we're actually looking at hopefully heading into the studio later this year to do something because we're workhorses and we can't sit still. I know I can't. <laughs> what about the touring aspect? Obviously, you want to get this album out and you want to get as many people to hear it as possible. And uh, I haven't seen you. I will see you this evening um, at the gig, but it sounds like you put on a pretty impressive live show. Folks should be seeing that. So what's the what's the touring looking like? I think... We're we're looking at heading to Auckland. We've got a few friends up there, the uh, the Mighty Fire for Glory, nice punk band from Auckland, and a couple of other sick bands that I want to check out and put on a list. So we'll probably play up there at some stage. Uh, and if we can swing it somewhere down south, there's normally Timaru and Dunedin, uh, normally good venues to go as well. They're always welcoming too. Um, but I think a lot of it is quite logistically tough about getting because you want a bunch of bands on the. Bill and you want a couple of local bands, but you also want your mates. And can your mates make it? Or do they have the money and blah 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 to be able to, you know, because it's quite a lot of work in organising it. So, something we will be definitely doing yet to be confirmed, but we will definitely be playing. I would say definitely Auckland, definitely somewhere in the South Island, and somewhere in between. <laughs> if a major label was to come up and say, "Wicked, let's pick it up. We want to take you to, you know, take you for a start to Australia or something like that, and take you around the traps." Yeah. Would that be a thing for you? That would be a thing, all right. Don't worry about that. That would be a real thing. So what about further into the future? Can you guys uh, see yourselves doing this in your 50s, 60s? I am hopeful that I will be old and grey and frail still rocking out. I think this form of this will never... I've held on to this too long. It's too much of me. Um, Whether or not it's in this form or whether we go the whole way in that period, whatever, you know, the whole time don't know who knows what life's got to bring but i can imagine us i, I was actually told these guys about a dream i had um and we were 50 or 60 and we we're playing with some good old friends famous bands and uh and we we're still rocking out you know and it's kind of thing you see each other and you're doing it in 10 years awesome take a break and meet again in 20 years and it'll be the same as what it is when we walk in the door now we haven't played a song for ages and it's just that nostalgic like yeah let's do it and it's fun Will we see uh, an acoustic Chris Bull anytime? I'm working on persuading him. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> there actually, there actually is already um, in that lull between AJ leaving that I talked about and um, kind of having nothing. I actually did an acoustic record, which is should have been renamed Trainwreck because that is also a Trainwreck. Um, but you know, you live and learn. That was when I was young and dumb. Um, but it is, I think I, again, mentioned earlier that a lot of my songs, when I was writing the songs, translated on a guitar. And that naturally is probably where, as you get older, I would go eventually. You know, this would always stay a thing, but it's easy to go down the pub on a Sunday and play some acoustic songs. It's a lot harder to scream when you're 60, scream your lungs out, you know. So it's definitely there'll be something along that line eventually. Guys, I'm super excited about seeing you tonight and um, especially for 
uh, your debut album, Serpent Psychology, dropping today. It's been awesome to have you on the show. Um, I want a track to take us out with. Um, you're talking about all of your, your, the brotherhood and the sisterhood and all your good mates around the country and so on. Is there a track by um, uh, somebody else you'd like to... Uh, you like to shout out to? I would say our uh, our wonderful brothers in Unite the Silence with their amazing song "Flying." I think with them we've we've been friends with them for a long time, uh, and mental health is something that's very close to us and very close to them. And this song is kind of euphoric in a way to me. So I love the idea of finishing though. on that. It's transcendent, and they're one of the best rock bands going around the city by miles. So, amazing. yep, flying. Yep. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks for having us.
that was flying from Unite the Silence. It's time for my track of the week, and it's not current, but it sure is fresh. I saw this group last Saturday at the Christchurch Rockquest Heats, and they are actually a he in the form of Aidan Fine. And this brilliantly produced track for someone so young, well, someone of any age, is called Rabbit Hole. And never dropping any pay cause you're overrated and I agree Lucretius told me that I'm top 10 in Africa, I disagree My cup runneth in my own lane Mixing up my metaphors, I'm Superman with no lanes Yeah, Bruce Wayne's kryptonite But they have gang fights, your blood and she a kryptonite Girl, you should end it, are you happy? That's an honest question I hate relationships with lopsided obsession Perfectionism is my only one true blessing Cause I ain't got it, so my life circles around perfection Falling down the rabbit hole, learning my last lesson rabbit hole, I spin with you Every time I open up against a four right It's a four right 
Thanks for being with me today. My guest was The Snake Behaviour. You can find out how to buy their debut album, Serpent Psychology, and get more info on tonight's launch party by visiting gardenofsound.nz. Just click on the band's picture on the homepage. Next week, we keep it a bit moody and soulful with the uber-talented Moonflower. This has been Garden of Sound, brought to you by Mint Finance. Business loans made easy. Until next week, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Hi, Reda.